Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Mike Molina, and Doug Sprinthal. And we'll be right back to kick off part two, Tom Bernard Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Okay, so let's talk about the Wichita operations. We talked about warranty for life in the Minnesota ones. In Wichita, that's where all our luxury brands are. And they are, in not an order of importance, just where they happen to be located physically so I can remember them all. Audi, Lexus, Mercedes-Benz, Jag, Land Rover, BMW, Mini, Acura, and Porsche. They're actually all on the same campus. If you happen to go through Wichita, they're, they're beautiful stores, and you should check them out. But if you're interested in the deals on those cars, you can see them all on walzer.com. Um, actually, the used car inventory for Wichita is separated out because it's really special. They've got a lot of really nice. If you're looking for some super high-line used cars, that is a, a spot to check it out. So go to walzer.com, check out the Wichita inventory, and if you want to buy a car and you, you don't live in Wichita, we can ship it up to Minnesota for you or anywhere else in the country, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Realize no matter how fucked up this country's been racially, there's always been black people in the Olympics. No matter how far back you Go. They had black people in the Olympics in the 20s. In the 20s, now a brother was at the back of the bus in the 60s. In the 20s, a brother must have been inside the engine of the bus. <laughs> On a conveyor belt chasing a piece of chicken. <laughs> On a conveyor belt chasing a piece of chicken. Okay. Well, just insult everyone. Well, that's kind of what he does. Yep, it's his birthday today. That's kind of what he does. It's Chris Rock's oh, birthday. Yeah. Yep, and the Olympics technically start tonight, I believe. Yeah, the time oh, they start change. tonight. I thought it was tomorrow. I thought it was. Yeah, oh, that's because it's time change. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely so. The, you know, the Winter Olympics in Korea start tonight. You think it'd be any uh, massive uh, blowups or? anything like that because uh, the north koreans they showed up by what like shuttle boat or something yeah well they, yeah and they sent that how they got there then they send some hot shot top diplomat over there too i think it's actually a good thing i think it's uh a, yeah, an I example hope so. hopefully of the olympics actually doing some diplomatic work that governments haven't been able to do on their own very well but i'm also a big optimist so maybe it'll all blow up but i don't think so i think this is a good thing 
The, no, the crazy right. little short guy is sending his sister down there as part yeah. of the delegation. <laughs> I was talking yeah, about the president so... of North Korea, not the president of the United States. Yeah, he's not too short at six. <laughs> what, what is he, six three or something? Yeah, something like that. Something like something like that. Six, six three. Six three. Now we're talking uh, to Maggie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't two ninety. He was like what two thirty seven. If he's two thirty seven, I'm a buck and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably true. Probably true. Um, all this hubbub that we love now, too, uh, and again, we talked to Maggie about people making money off of other people's strife and other people's misery. This whole race thing, and I know there are th- problems to be solved, but as far as the news is concerned, this whole race thing is a huge money maker for them. The more they push racial hatred of one another, the more money they're going to make. Uh, it's just, that's the way it is. The donations come pouring in, man. They just come pouring in to these, uh, political organizations. Oh, we gotta, we gotta fight this. No, we gotta fight the other side of it. No, we gotta fight this side. No, that side. Well, I got some bad news for everybody, which it's not news, but it might be news to you. Okay. Think of a stereotypical Brit and you may imagine a pale cast member from Downton Abbey. A new study, however, shows that early modern Brits from 10,000 years ago who migrated from Europe over a land bridge into England may not have been quite as pale as many of their Colin Firth-like contemporaries. The Guardian reports on DNA research out of University University College London and the Natural History Museum that reveals Cheddar Man, a Mesolithic skeleton found in Guff's Cave in 1903 in the Cheddar Gorge, had blue eyes, dark curly hair, and dark to black skin. The findings suggest that lighter-skinned Europeans evolved later than previously thought. To come face-to-face with what this guy could have looked like is something a few years ago we couldn't have imagined, one researcher tells the BBC. Scientists extracted his DNA by drilling a hole in his skull to draw out bone powder. They focused on genes tied to hair, eye, and skin color and found Cheddar Man didn't have the reduced pigmentation gene though with those lighter skin have today in many Euro populations. The researchers suspect a cereal-based diet back then may have lacked vitamin D, and so lighter skin tones may have evolved to draw in more sunlight for vitamin D, as individuals with more melanin aren't as efficient at producing vitamin D as their lighter skin counterparts. The upshot of the discovery per The Guardian, skin color was not always a proxy for geographic origin in the way it is often seen today. In other words, you're full of it. Okay, question for Andy. And you can answer it too, Tom, but I think Andy's the only one that's got a shot. How can they tell from your DNA what color your eyes were? It's not reliable, but they yeah. know certain genes that are, uh, okay. like if you have this gene, then your eyes going to more likely be this color. But even if you do... It's, you know, even in, like, a live people whose DNA isn't, you know, horribly damaged and fragmented like this guy's is probably. Yeah. Uh, it's still like, you know, you probably are going to have blue eyes, but that doesn't necessarily mean you do. Because well, genetics are weird. Is it true that all eye, all human eyes are actually brown? Mm, opposite. Brown yeah. eyes are what? the... The brown doubles. eyes are an oxidation layer over your blue eyes. Yeah. If you wanted, if you have brown eyes, you can laser that off and you'll have blue eyes. What? But laser. I don't recommend it. People Says are doing here, that all now. all human eyes are brown. Yes, they are. Says right here, all human eyes are brown. The color we see depends on melanin and reflected light. Well, I mean, if the color we see, the color we see is what color is. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Saying that they're... Uh, I mean, it's like saying the sky isn't blue because it's only blue because that's what we see. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Is there act absolute proof, and I've always wanted to know this, and no one's ever been able to answer this for me. Is there absolute proof that what we all see is exactly the same? Well, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. So what I see as blue may actually be what you see as brown. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom, we I mean, had these conversations when we were in ninth grade and experimenting with marijuana. I don't think we need to revisit them. <laughs> I just want to know what, if that's the case. Well, we'll never really know. We did just find out, of course, that there is no racial argument. We all came from the same place. Uh, and because of vitamin deficiency, some people's skin tone changed. So can we get off this? We're all different, and we're all of different races, and we're all different, and we're completely opposite. It's not true. But no, we we're all, all the came, same. Yeah, the, the cradle of civilization. Sorry, North Africa, correct? Is that not correct? North Africa? Uh, somewhere in Africa. That's what they say. <laughs> so I hear. So shut up and start. Ar- stop arguing about about race. Basically, it's a vitamin deficiency in one area or another. Who cares? Well, yeah, black people have dark skin because in Africa, if you didn't, you'd get skin cancer. And exactly. White people have white skin because if you didn't in uh, less sunny areas, you'd have vitamin D deficiency. Exactly. That's it. So you, we're at a big battle. We hate each other because of vitamin deficiencies <laughs> and reflected sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, God, Jesus was a white guy. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was Middle Eastern. (laughs) But every race has their own depiction of Jesus that looks like them. Sure, yeah. I like that. You can find find a literal black Jesus. You can find Chinese Jesus. Can you really? I was just going to ask if there was a a Chinese Jesus. But he's actually a Middle Eastern guy. Well, you need your your savior to be relatable. I mean, technically speaking, if he was in fact, you know, God or the son of God or whatever, then if he was to appear to someone across the world, he would probably take the appearance of someone that they would most likely relate to because that's how humans are. Mm-hmm. Like if I was Jesus and I wanted to deliver a message to some Chinese guy, I'd probably make myself look Chinese. See, what do you think of that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to go with that. You're probably true. You're probably right. I mean, it's... It's purely hypothetical. I'm just having, I can't wrap my, my brain around Andy as Jesus making himself look Chinese. There's just too many leaps there. I totally can. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Chinese now. If you know him, you know that's just the way it is. Well, this is something that, uh, that I've talked to Daryl, Catherine's brother, about quite often. What, the cops? Oh, my God. Wow. What a thing to say about now. your Uncle Daryl. Kind of true. No, it is not true. You argue. You argue. You argue about the cops all the time. Oh, you mean we argue about the cops? Yes. About law enforcement, not the cops. Not that he has what? had a lot of. He hasn't had a lot of run-ins with the cops. He's had def- a few, and they haven't been good. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's the Darryl. thing. <laughs> but we Gypsies, talk about this quite often. Tramps. Sorry, go ahead. That's yeah, well, right. She's a, 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 Catherine's a gypsy, a gypsy and I'm a tramp, and somebody else is a thief. <laughs> Uh, Kratom is a deadly opioid, not a safe alternative to opioids or an effective treatment for withdrawal, the Food and Drug Administration said Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Terrell, Terrell takes that. He does, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, Tuesday in its strongest warning yet against their herbal supplement. The agency said mm-hmm. new data shows that the increasingly popular substance has opioid properties and has been linked, uh, linked to at least 44 deaths in the U.S. What? The Washington Post reports there is no evidence to indicate that Kratom is safe or effective for any medical use. 
uh, FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said in a statement, and claiming that Kratom is benign because it is just a plant is short-sighted and dangerous. Well, don't all drugs come from plants, pretty much? Well, yeah. Well, but a lot so of plants are poisonous. But here, yeah, exactly. but here we go. Here's the problem again. Kratom is supposedly, and this is what I hear from people that have had a lot of pain problems and want to get off of pain pills, it's effective for a lot of people. But it, once again, since it's unregulated, people are, are oh, if I take people two, are dumb, yeah. uh, and you know that makes my back feel better, I should take eight. Yeah, I mean that's just how people are. Yep. So to blame yeah. the any drug, if you take yeah. you know eight times the recommended dose, yeah. a lot of them you're just gonna die outright. That's what's happening with the opioid epidemic. People start probably because they had a problem and then all of a sudden they take more and then they're addicted. Well, and the thing about Kratom is if you take it the way it generally comes as a powder, you're not going to be able to take that much because it's just going to physically, well, for one, it'll make you feel sick because that's what happens. And people can put it in a pill. They can put it in a capsule. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing is when people make extracts and stuff and then take way, way too much. Mm -hmm. But I would say unless you really, really know what you're doing, stay away from extracts. Yeah. And even if you think you know what you're doing. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, except for vanilla. So what do you think? So you're saying to stay away from Kratom completely? Uh, If you want, take the powder. You can't overdose on the powder unless you have the world's biggest stomach. Well, this is encapsulated powder. Take what you're supposed to take. Take take the recommended dosage. Yeah, that too. That's all you should do. Kratom is an opioid that's associated with novel risks because of the variability in how it's being formulated, sold, and used recreationally, said Gottlieb, urging people who have been told the substance can help with opioid addiction to seek help from a health care provider instead. The American Kratom Association accused the FDA of being biased and called its research, which found that 25 com- compounds in Kratom behave like opioids, an unprecedented abuse of science. NBC reports Kratom, which has been used in Southeast Asia for centuries, is still legal, but FDA inspectors have been destroying shipments from overseas for months, hmm. reports the AP. Well, how can they get away with that? If it's not illegal, how can they destroy it? There has been a battle over this stuff for years. Mm -hmm. The FDA, you know, because they're they're saying it's just, it's a supplement. So that's not regulated by the FDA. And the FDA has made it illegal a couple, I think at least once. Once I think it was, And they've made, you know, and they fought it and they got it back to Well, as long as you can't claim any sort of health effects, you can't say that it'll cure you or anything. Or, you know, it'll make you, your pain will go away or anything like that. You can't say that. Right. All you can say is that it's a supplement that, you know, may or may not have any effect on back pain or whatever you take it for. To make the FDA happy. Aren't there a bunch of different strains of Kratom, too? Uh, Yeah. But I don't know if there's really a huge difference between them. Supposedly, like, some of them are good for insomnia and some of them are good for pain and some of them are good for this. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. I love love comment sections because people are such wise asses. Uh, Click here. This is from Abby. Click here to find out where you can get Kratom, since you've probably never heard of it until this advertisement. It's <laughs> not wrong. Most people have never heard of Kratom. I didn't know what Kratom was never until Daryl told me. You never heard of it either? Nope. Well, there are places... There's one store in Minneapolis that you can get it. Oh, really? Just one? That I know of. Um, you combine Kava Kava and Kratom, and that's what it creates with that purple lotus drink, right? 
Yeah, that's what they put in that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's a tea there's a tea shop here that sells this stuff. It's in my building. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Andy's building. That's the exactly purple right. Purple Lotus. So, uh, I, so what are they going to do with all this stuff? Uh, the FDA called kratom extremely concerning in in, in November. The FDA is so well, so I obnoxious. Just, I don't know what to tell people. I mean, I don't know why people have to abuse everything. Yeah, but Daryl says that taking kratom takes a lot of pain away. Well, I guess my sister-in-law, one of my sister-in-laws, who shall remain unnamed, right? She, that she's off of everything, and she just takes this. And it manages her her pain. Her pain. Mm-hmm. So she just and takes she's been and du- in in pain for decades. Okay. Can we double back to what we we're talking to Maggie about? Mm-hmm. Because this is exactly what we're talking. Are, are the pharmaceutical companies driving this whole this whole probably yes thing? yes just to get people to stop so. doing kratom so they could buy some of their drugs? Is that what this is all about? Well, I mean, well that's I guess like I can't say they for say sure. that would be my guess. Pharmaceutical companies say that homeopathic medicine is dangerous and should be avoided at all costs, and it's like the safest oh, really? thing in the entire world. And there's no interactions with anything with homeopathic. See, medicine. I didn't know they were totally. Yeah, I didn't know they were totally against it. But I, I did I, not I no idea. Yes. know that kratom was an opioid class either yes but is it yeah oh it actually is but that doesn't really mean anything well i suppose because there are multiple opioid receptors and they all do very different things well i'll take a gander because i just went on amazon and as far as that's concerned they sell it on amazon right gotta be okay then (laughs) i've never looked for (laughs) it it's gotta be okay if you do that there is kava kava systems or whatever I don't know. I'll take a gander while we're at break. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Get up, get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine, get on up. Talking about Doug Sprinthal, the sex machine. Yeah. <laughs> One of my, I was lucky enough to see him twice. I got to see him at the Caboose once. He was on the... I had, oh, really? Yeah, cool. it was right after the IRS uh, made him sold his jet. I think he needed some dough, and so he, was, he went on a bar tour. But so he went to the Caboose. He was just... Well, they had, they had a lot of great acts in the 70s there. They I did, saw Sam and Dave and Leon in... Russell and a whole bunch of people, but, I mean, yeah, the place it, was it's... crazy when he was there. It was, it was so yeah, much fun. Yeah, I bet. But there weren't that many. I mean, there, it just couldn't hold enough people to make enough money, I wouldn't yeah. think. 
Well, I think no. they, you know, they, the world changed. You know, that people don't go to, to bars uh, to hear bands much anymore. There's some that still make no. it, no. but you know, the acoustics are terrible. Before the internet, that's what you did when you were 20 yeah. to 40 yeah. years old. I, I used to go to bars to see bands two or three nights a week. It was just there wasn't much else to do really, especially in the wintertime. When I was a kid, you used Kazaa or Napster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyone anywhere near my age will know what I just said. Well, I know what it is, and I'm way away from your age. LimeWire? LimeWire. Yep. Yep. LimeWire, yep, yep, exactly. that's what I used. Uh, so I have a question for you. That was the cool thing to do. Good download the song my in less than eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on dial-up. Oh. My favorite thing about uh, James Brown, my favorite story, is Pete, who was working for Polydor Records at the time when I was at Capitol Records. He calls me one day, he goes... Catman, this is unbelievable. I got to tell you what just happened. I said, Yeah, what just happened? This is like 1970. Oh, God, I can't even remember. Uh, when was Carter in office? 76 70, to 1980. 76 to 80. So, yeah, so it was about 1977, 1978, somewhere in there. Yeah, it must have been 77 to 78 because I was at Capitol Records. So I get a call from Pete from Paul Laura Records. He says, Catman, you don't believe what just happened. I said, What? He said, you know, James's, uh, James Brown's uh, contract with us has expired, so we're trying to negotiate a new, uh, a new deal with him, and he's being really, really difficult. So we, we said, you know, we're kind of at an impasse. Why don't we just both take a couple of days off and then get back together and get back to work on negotiating the contract? Well, the company shut everything down, and James Brown called Jimmy Carter and said, I want you to ban Polidor from America. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted Polydor Records to be banned from America because they wouldn't do what he told them to. Did you see that movie about him a couple of years ago? I have not. I heard it was it's really good, though. Tremendous. And I, I learned I love, a lot of I stuff about him Brown. I didn't know. I knew, I knew he grew up poor in the South. I didn't realize he grew up in a just basically a hunting shack out in the middle of nowhere poor. I yeah. mean, he really came from absolutely yeah. nothing. Really sad, very, very sad stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just checked on Amazon, and I saw they sell Kratom Potent Plant. And I read uh, to Andy what the description, and he said, run away, run in the other direction, because whenever they make that claim, they're a disaster. Kratom Potent Plant, relieve anxiety, boost energy levels, enhance sex. He said, anytime they throw in enhanced sex, run the other way. Unless it's a bourbon commercial. <laughs> oh, well, then, it, yes. If it enhances sex, as a bourbon commercial. Yeah, you see uh, these bags of unmarked, unidentified pills in, like, gas stations that they're, they're, they're supposed to be, like, sex enhancers. And it's like, you don't even know what the hell's in them. Nope, have no clue. Why would you take something like that? I have no idea what you're taking, so... I mean, I'm sure in most cases it's just vitamins because they're cheap and you know yeah. anyone can get them but still you never know if they put some weird stimulant or something in there well do you think that's what it might be just a stimulant I yeah suppose. that would make sense i suppose that makes complete sense to tell you the truth i uh i don't know it, the whole thing it just it amazes me so some people think that Kratom is the greatest thing that ever happened. They combine Kratom with uh, Kava Kava, and that's the greatest thing that ever happened because you get a nice, easy, laid-back buzz from it, apparently. Kava's never done anything for me except taste god-awful. It does taste terrible. It does. Absol There's no arguing that. It tastes terrible. Kava Stress Relief Tea by Yogi is delicious. I don't know how. Says the woman it's who's the eating Brussels sprouts. Substance. 
Brussels sprouts are so good. Oh, yeah, sure they are. I love them. My toddler even eats them. Yeah, dipped in chocolate. No. Yeah, I've always grown up eating Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are good. Uh, Did you see the woman in Maine? She went to the store this week and bought a head of romaine lettuce, went home, having a little salad. She hooks a little avocado wedge, puts it up to her face, just about to bite down, and it turned out it's a lizard. What? Still a lizard. There was a lizard living in Maine, by the way. Wow. Hmm. So apparently the shipping uh, department did a good job of that because that lizard lived all the way from wherever that romaine was picked. How the hell did it technically be a lizard? Yeah. A lizard. Yeah, Yeah. then it may be a lizard. We've got a lizard in our romaine lettuce. It was more like a Kennedy, though. You sounded like yes. Kennedy on yeah. uh, The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor. I, or, uh, I do love the mayor. Mayor Quimby. Just like yeah. Kennedy. Oh, God. I was I watching Bob's Simpsons Burgers anyway. the other night with my stepson. That show is really funny sometimes. Wow. Great. Is Andy Kindler it. still on there? He's not like a main character, but he's on there. He, does, he, is, he pops up now and then. He's uh, the mortician. Oh, he's the mortician? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Oh, God. Doug, you're going to have to start talking to your people. Apparently, uh, Congress is getting very, very close to avoiding another shutdown later this week. And the Senate says, now, does the Senate have a deal or not? Because McConnell said they had a deal and Chuck Schumer said they have a deal. But now Nancy Pelosi saying, nope, we don't have a deal. Oh, Nancy. So what is it? Retire Andy, will you look up and see if they do have a deal? I don't even know what that means. Because they've got till tomorrow, well, right? About DACA. Yeah, you have till tomorrow. DACA, no, okay. DACA, they didn't talk about much about right. DACA. Well, what kind of deal then? Congress is getting closer to avoiding another shutdown, just a deal to avoid the shutdown tomorrow. To fund the government. Co- yeah, uh, to fund they, the government. 29 minutes ago, they reached a deal to raise spending over two years. Okay. So what so they're trying what to do is, is come up with a two-year budget so they don't have to do this every week, which I think is a good thing. Exactly. I think it's a really good thing. Uh, as of one o'clock, uh, but that's no, that's one o'clock Central Standard Time. So just 34 minutes ago, uh, Congress is getting closer to avoiding another shutdown later this week. That would be tomorrow again. The Senate's top uh, leaders announced Wednesday they have sealed agreement uh, on a two-year budget pact that would shower both the Pentagon and domestic programs with almost 300 billion dollars above existing limits giving wins to both GOP defense hawks and Democrats seeking billions for infrastructure projects and opioid abuse. The agreement is likely to be added to a stopgap spending bill that passed the House on Tuesday and is aimed at averting a government shutdown Thursday at midnight for the AP. One new hurdle, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi of California announced she would oppose the budget measure unless her, unless her chamber's <laughs> GOP leaders promised a vote on legislation to protect dreamer immigrants. Oh my God, dreamer! That's the is that the new uh, that's the new the thing. new term dreamers. How old is Nancy again? She's eighty, isn't she? She should. She but I mean, in, in she, fairness to her, and I don't always stick up for her, but that is when they passed the last funding bill. That's uh-huh. what uh, McConnell said. Promise he was going to do is take up immigration legislation to get all this stuff fixed. So. Well, they will take it up and they'll get it fixed because they've been offered 1.8 million people as opposed to yeah. 600,000, yep. right? So they'll get it taken care of. The problem that I have is, the problem that she has, I shouldn't say that I have, the problem she has is uh, many people of color now, and that's what she all she cares about, uh, have said, do not use, as a matter of fact, Joe Biden even said it, do not use immigrants 
as a bargaining chip. That's it's exactly all she's going to do. What, that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. They don't Schumer, use human beings as bargaining yeah, chips. Schumer what are you doing? Pelosi, that's all they do. Well, Schumer even backed off that now. He did? Mm. Well, that's new. Senate, as yeah, of last is. week, he was all My whole problem it is, how the hell are we going to pay for all this stuff? Well, yeah. that, that's the interesting part. Now, is it? Yeah, hey, $300 billion over two years is a lot of money. <sighs> that's, that's the increase. Yeah. And they were going to bring, they yeah. were going to jack the military budget up. 40 to 50 anyway. I mean, that's that actually came right. over from the last right. administration. But you know, big tax cuts, we're going to have a lot less money coming in, and we're spending it like we've got, you know, like we've got Tom Bernard money. Oh, here we go. Let's <laughs> throw in uh, somebody with initials PW. There you we? go. How about that? You mean we throw that in? Thurston Howell. Um, here's my question on this. Okay, the immigrants themselves, the dreamers themselves are saying you shouldn't use human beings as bargaining chips, right? They don't like it and they don't want it happening. Uh, here's my question. You have an 80-year-old billionaire who this is not going to affect one way or another. That's not going to affect her life one way or another. She's way too old and way too rich for anything that she fights for to affect her. Why is she still in office? Don't you want somebody who's like 40, 45, maybe 50 years old? Well, making we have a 70-year-old billionaire as president. Well, we think he I might know. be a billionaire. He hasn't showed us his tax returns. Uh -huh. This is what I'm saying. I, I think there should be a cutoff. I swear to God, and I'm very serious about this. There should be a cutoff just like there is for pilots. Once you get to be 65, you're out of here. You got to go. You're very ageist. I'm not ageist. Well, now you can't retire till you're 70, so. Well, okay, 70. I think if 70. you're Nancy Pelosi or Donald Trump, you can retire. You'll be safe. Yeah, you'll well, be pretty it, safe. It isn't about being safe. It's about being relevant. <laughs> the problem we've got with Pelosi and Schumer is they're those old school, hardliner, negative, hate anything a Republican says, can't work with anybody else people. And those people should be out. All of these people should be out because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Mitch McConnell? I mean, Donald Trump? What the hell? We have Sheila, I believe. Oh, yeah. oh, Sheila. Yes, we do. Hi, Sheila. Hello. I was singing your song just now. Did you hear me singing your song? I don't think so. Who did the song, Oh, Sheila? I forgot. Who, who, whose song was Oh, oh Sheila? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, it was a one-hit wonder. It was like something the world. Sheila's on the phone. Uh, Sheila's on the phone. Sheila Collins on the phone. And he calls, so call Sheila one hit one. Oh, Sheila was ready for the world. Who there I've you never go. Ready heard for the world. Before. Ready for the world. What are they That's up to? Was. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God. They um, are up to. Wow, they're still together. <laughs> see? Somehow. I think they're at the caboose uh, tomorrow. Yeah, night. no, they're playing at the Hopkins <laughs> Legion, actually. <laughs> the Hopkins <laughs> Legion? That's not very nice. Sheila Collins, ladies and gentlemen. Sheila, I have to preface this entire conversation with, I became a Minnesota Viking fan when I was nine years old. Mm, yes. A poor yes. black child wandering the streets of North grown. Minneapolis. I was a poor black child wandering the streets of North <laughs> Minneapolis as a Viking fan. I cannot tell you the hell that it is to be a Minnesota Viking football fan. They... Well, but then there is the glory. What there glory? are those moments of glory. Which oh, moment moments? Of glory? There are moments. Well, it, what, what yeah, moments? because if you don't identify with it and if you don't care about it, then when there's a win, you don't get the glory, the fun, the excitement. That's true. Yeah, but you get They're to win connected. five Super Bowls. What's that? I said you get to win five Super Bowls. 
It's hard to lose. Grief counseling for Pats fans. Philadelphia fans may need some help directing their Super Bowl enthusiasm. Yes, I would probably not eat horse manure. I got to be honest with you. No, Sheila. no, no, no. It's, people sometimes don't really appreciate or know how to celebrate. Just no. like we don't know how to grieve our losses, we don't sometimes know how to celebrate the wins. But uh, uh, there's uh, there there this last game certainly wasn't. Uh, well, there's no shame in coming that close to being in the uh, no. Super Bowl, and there's no shame in losing this one. Both teams were absolutely uh, brilliant, really, uh, in terms of nothing to really feel shamed about. No, there's no question so, about it. Philadelphia fans right, may need some help right. directing their Super Bowl enthusiasm, but Patriots fans are not used to losing. They may not have been counting on Sunday's win, but they didn't really think about how they'd feel if they lost. 30-year grief counselor, comedian, and professor Sheila Collins will help fans deal with their disappointment and loss and help them avoid thinking and behaving like a loser. I like that. Right. <laughs> right. Just because your team lost doesn't make you a loser. It's only in how you respond to it. That's very That's true. That's what I teach. That's what I teach. So I'm a grandmother that has children who are absolutely, uh, well, they know the stats on everybody. I'm, I mean, really, I don't want to brag, but I don't even know sometimes all the different sports but mm-hmm. that, that they know the stats on. Uh, so they've taught me a lot about how the lessons that there are in sports and uh, how, for example, you can have your sorrow and it's okay to have tears because that's healthy. It's not so mm-hmm. healthy to take down the light poles and uh, carry them through the streets and wreck your town. <laughs> that's not as good. So there are, uh, the children are watching. The children, the children are watching us. Sheila, I need to take a very quick break. Just very quick. I'll sure. be right back, though. Sheila Collins. Okay. Is the author of Warrior Mother, Fierce Love, Unbearable Loss, and the Rituals That Heal, and the upcoming book, The Art of Grieving. Back with Sheila in just seconds. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What do you think of yeah. this, Dr. Who do you think Collins? You have your own song. That's fabulous. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really That's, appreciate that, Tom. That is Great fabulous. to have. I, you know, I'm a dancer, so and I sometimes I sing, mostly in the shower. But uh, 
In fact, I recommend if you're angry about the outcome of a game, go in the shower and create a temper tantrum song. It's the best way. It's the best way to get that out, to get that out. Uh, I was going to tell you a funny thing that happened to me a long time ago. I was a professor at, in, in Michigan, and um, I was moving to Nebraska. The dean, who was a very academic sort of guy, you know, and he said, oh, how do you feel about football? I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, he said, I just want to warn you, it may take on a bit more importance than you feel it deserves. Oh, so no, yeah. I've always remembered that when I see sometimes the over-the-top responses that communities uh, and people have to the outcome of a game in, in either way, uh, winning or losing. So um, there is a, a, a problem, I guess it's professionally called over-identification. Yeah, well, the it is, over-identification yeah. with the team. Oh, oh, I think, you know, people do actually believe that what they do and what they wear and oh, what they, they eat that day, do. they actually think it's going to influence the outcome of the game. Well, there is something about the supportive energy, because one of the things yeah. we know about people in grief, the most important thing for people to have is support, a feeling that they're not alone. So it, I think if everybody's dressed with the team and they're cheering the team, uh, I think it makes it certainly easier to not be coming up against, if you, you know how it is when you're coming up against um, when you're, it's not a home team and a game and you're coming up against the other side's supporters. You, uh, it can be lonely. It can be very lonely. <laughs> I, could, I could see that happening. No doubt about it. Uh, a couple of things that I have to, have to bring up. Um, there's a mother that's, that's grieving horribly in the state of Minnesota. Her little baby, seven-year-old, um, of course, it's the middle of winter in Minnesota, and you mm. go sledding, and unfortunately, her little baby seven-year-old hit a tree and died. Oh, my and, God. Uh, so mm. I don't know. How, how does a mother ever deal with that? Well, first to take a big, deep breath. <laughs> really, yeah, to take yeah. a big, deep breath. And, um, and to reach out to other people who have had losses. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, um, you know, we, we have a sort of prioritization of loss, and we think this is worse than that, and, you know, but maybe not. We don't know. Uh, I think um, this, uh, this was a freak accident. It was a freak accident, and right. these things happen. So, um, so it's, in everything that I've done, and I think the sports world teaches us this every day, it, it, to get support from other people. Don't face it alone. No. Uh, don't try to face it alone. But, you know, do it, do it together. Yeah. Do it together. And people that have been there, you know. Uh, in fact, I was going to mention something that I thought was so fabulous in, uh, in Minnesota. Uh, by the way, Minnesota came off beautifully as a city. I thought Good, yeah. in the, in this uh, in this uh, year's uh, Super Bowl, but um, the honoring of Prince, the honoring yes. of Prince, mm -hmm. uh, this is something that uh, is a wonderful. Um, this is part of the grieving process that uh, that we need as a community to have um, and uh, to remember the ancestors or to remember the gifted ones that have given to us so much to us, and uh, so we can have um, it lifts our sorrow. Right. about the loss of the person mm -hmm. and somehow it can continue so it was really lovely to see that you mind if i ask the... you a personal question uh, no because no. i don't understand what it is myself and other people really don't understand it 
the upcoming book, Art of Grieving. I can't wait to read it because I have not been to a funeral in 10 years. I, I find funerals to be extremely barbaric, and I cannot stand to be at them. I, I just don't like funerals. Uh, oh, last, my gosh. Last one I went to was 10 well, years ago, my mother's funeral. And they said, well, are you going yes. to go view mom? And I said, no, I'm not going to go look at my dead mother in a casket. No, thank you. No, thank you. I have no interest uh-huh. in doing that. It's important to a lot of people for closure, but yes. I've never had that problem. I got closure. I, I understand yeah. she's dead. In fact, yeah, I've never, I've never had dreams where she's still alive. But I frequently have dreams where Cassie is still alive, and I saw him die. So our dog. Yeah, there's no closure oh, the dog, aspect yeah. for yeah. me. It's yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think of it as closure, and I would want to in, invite you to one of the ceremonies that I am have, am involved in sometimes in helping people celebrate the life of the person. There you in go. In fact, I just on there Saturday. Um, was able to be a part of a celebration of a 90-year-old man who was a member of my improv troupe. He joined it when he was 77, and uh, he he was uh, he he was such a teacher of how to keep going when things sometimes get tough. And uh, he was a Marine, so I'm, that probably had something to do with it, and also a football player, actually. But uh, but to honor him and to uh, call out the stories of what he did to inspire us and uh everybody that left there felt um fuller and more i think lighter than they when they went in and certainly the people if there was anybody there that didn't know him personally they knew him now (laughs) they got to know him through us through our stories of him you know that's interesting you bring uh, that up because maybe that is why i i'm okay with it because i luckily i do a morning show and an afternoon show and i talk about my friends, you know, I talk about my mother a lot. My friend Vince Flynn died very young. Uh, I talk about mm-hmm. him a lot. I, I talk about them a lot on both shows. So maybe the fact that I've been given the gift of being able to talk about them very publicly, that probably helps me quite a bit, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And uh, my, my daughter, of course, in my book that I wrote, it has to do with my daughter dying of breast cancer when she had mm. young children. And mm. the children, I mean... Um, I think that they had um, a constant reminder of their mom from all her friends and a celebration yeah. of her life. And yeah. uh, so I think, yes, it was very sad, but there was also wonderful things to, uh, wonderful gifts, wonderful gifts in that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely when, right about that. Uh, yeah, when, when people are delivering food to your house, you know, for like two years. I mean, come on. <laughs> but there was, there was such a huge uh, community of people helping and supporting. And so the kids, what that said to them is, you know, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. So. Um, well, you make a joke about the food delivery thing, but there's a story. Uh, an old woman used to go to Pizza Hut every day until one day she didn't. And they got worried and called the cops and found out that she had broken a hip in her home just because she didn't show up to Pizza Hut that one day. <laughs> so it can happen. It can happen. Hopefully they sent her some pizzas. Well, yeah. she had a community, and that's yeah. what yeah, a lot exactly. of people don't have. Okay. So that's great. And I think that's some of what happens on, on radio, too. People, you know, become a community. Yes. That's what we're Absolutely. 
No, that's very true. And, and, and that kind of scares me. We, we talk about social media quite often. And we were kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping when social media came along that it would be a community. You could go on Twitter, you could go on Facebook and laugh and joke about, you know, talk about, oh, God, the Vikes got beat or the Pats lost the Super Bowl and isn't it terrible and blah, blah, blah. Instead, what we've gotten is no matter what you say, you're an idiot and I hate you. <laughs> I mean, well, what? I think you need to unfriend that person yeah well there's lots of them Sheila they are so many people that love to hate on social media I don't understand yeah I know I don't get it I don't get it at all I don't know Uh, so you're basically saying that losing does not make you a loser how you respond sets you up for either post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic growth I like that take well that's right see now you know I, I, I can't really say for sure but I'm guessing and I think I'm probably right that the people who lost you know the Patriots. They uh, they did have some tears, which is good. You know, and they did. But then they're already starting to look at the replays. I mean, they're, because the, 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 they have to see what went on that they want to make different. Because the next win is in the seeds of this loss. Are you sure that's not just denial? So, <laughs> what's that? Are you sure it's not just denial? They'll find something. No, no, that they can... no, no. I don't think that's denial. I because I, I think. Um, uh, when you go back in to look, um, um, after my uh, after my daughter died, I, I wanted to go back in and to remember the good stuff and re- remember because there was a lot that happened and you're kind of overwhelmed. And then I went in and I started writing about it and pulling out the gems, you might say, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, so it, it didn't become just yes, there was. Tough stuff. There were the losses, and you know, but then there's also um, the gems, the the good part, and the things that work, that worked, and focusing on those, uh, focusing on what works better than just focusing on what didn't. Right. Yeah, and I think that is the whole thing, and 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 that's exactly what I talk about on the air. So I guess I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing because. There's not a whole lot of talk about, you know, the bad times. Every time I refer to a friend of mine or a, a family member who has passed away, it's always about the good things. I don't, I don't focus on any of the bad stuff. It's the good stuff, right? Right, right. That's a, it's a wonderful gift that I've been given. I, I really feel very, very lucky. I've been in radio my entire life and had, you know, all these shows, and, and I'm able to do that. A lot of people, I don't suppose if you're working at the, you know, the Ford factory and you're, you're building cars, you can, you know, start telling people about how wonderful uh, things were with your friends and your family. You know, they got cars to build, so they don't really have time to listen to you. But me talking is what I do for a living, so it's a, it's a great gift. And you have listeners built in, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's what we say to people, you know, what should you do if you beat, if you, what should you say to somebody when they have a loss? Well, maybe you don't say very much at all. Maybe you give them a hug and listen to them. No, right. sure. Can listen. I ask you a question? They need somebody to listen to them. So that's one of the things we advise people. Uh, Sheila, can I ask you a question in uh, reference to the Patriots? Yeah. Just because it's different, yeah. I would say, just being a lifelong Viking fan, they do this to us time and time again, whereas the Patriots, like Tom alluded to, have won. You've been there. It's five out of mm-hmm. eight. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, if the Vikings had lost, yet we had five championships to look back on, it'd be different. Whereas this, we're still, mm-hmm. as the Eagles were until mm-hmm. Sunday, looking for number one. We're just trying to get our foot in the door again. We've been there, yeah, in the 70s, right. but it's been a while. And so now it's just like, you know, where, you know, yeah, you want to have hope looking to the future, but I'm... I guess old school, and I still look to the seven stages of grief because it's like, hey, 
come on, finally put it together. You've had 50 years, 50 plus years of being a franchise, and you still cannot figure this out. I mean, you're ready to give up on him, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, look at if I were a Bills fan, I'd be saying the same thing. I mean, go to four Super Bowls in consecutive years and lose all four because it's like, come on, guys. I mean, just give me one, one. Well, I would say this you know, that, that there's a lot of people that deal with difficulties like maybe health issues. And they keep, you know, they, they do the treatment and then the disease comes back and then, you know, the disease, they just, and uh, so uh, the people that really, really um, are resilient, they, um, they have their sorrow about it, they have their discouragement, and then they shake that off, take a deep breath and go back in to the game. Sign up for the next treatment or sign up for if, you know, if you really want to be a victor, then that's what it takes. And, uh, of course, the, the joy of uh, somebody or a team that has had so many losses coming back. I think the whole world was uh, rooting for the Eagles, even the people in Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're really – I mean, Philly is not our favorite city, but we wanted them to win, you know, and partly because they never had. No, I think that's very yeah, true. That's true. Dr. Sheila Collins is author of Warrior Mother, Fierce Love, Unbearable Loss, and Rituals That Heal. And the upcoming book, When Does the Art of Grieving Come Out? Well, I, I think there's going to be some sections come out uh, first and then, and then the full book. But um, I do, I've been doing presentations on it and getting some ideas about sort of a different way to look at grief. And um, people are getting good responses from it. Why don't we do this? When it comes out, we'd love to have you back on the show, Sheila. Wonderful. Okay, and in the meantime, you guys, if you're tired of, you know, people that teams that aren't winning, you can always root for the Steelers. Oh, <laughs> God. Here we go. So, I mean, I had to say that. Yes, Being from you Pittsburgh, did. I had to say that. I understand. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Collins. We'll talk to you when the art of grieving comes out. Looking forward to it. Very good. Thank you so much, Tom. It was great talking with you. Great talking with you as well. Bye bye. Uh, bye bye. I, I love this. See, I learned something today. What? That I think the fact that I'm on the radio is how I grieve. Oh, yes. Talking things through is definitely your process. No question. We will be right back. Tom Bernard. Show.